so much for joining us for another week of sluts and scholars we hope you enjoy the episode remember that you can follow us and see all of our upcoming news and episodes on instagram at sluts and scholars on twitter at slut scholars and please email us with your questions and wonderings at sluts and scholars at gmail.com is my squirt pee how do i ask my partner to tie me up what does the patriarchy have to do with the orgasm gap We have questions, but we know some of your questions might be better. So please hit us up for our question and answer episode at slutsandscholars at gmail. Or you can slide into our DMs. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars, where we make your sex smarter and your smart sexier. I'm Simone. And I'm Nicoletta. And today we have Katie Zavallarin. She is the Director of Public Relations for Adam and Eve, a native of Tennessee and graduate of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, with a BS in Journalism and Public Relations. After working for Maytag and in publishing in New York, she started working at Adam and Eve, which, if you don't know, is a sex toy company. One of the biggest ones. uh, In November of 93, uh, 1993, as a catalog copywriter. Katie holds an associate in sex education from the Institute for the Advanced Study of Human Sexuality in San Francisco and was promoted to Adam and Eve Director of Public Relations in 1997. And she's currently working on her certification for clinical sexology. Welcome, Katie. Woohoo, thank you. We're so happy to have you. So right I'm off the bat, here. I immediately want to know, how do you go from working at Maytag and in publishing to Adam and Eve? <laughs> um, yeah, it is quite a leap. Um, well, I had moved to North Carolina with my now ex-husband, and um, there was a job opening in the paper for a copywriter. And when I was in college, I had gotten the Adam and Eve catalogs. You guys are probably too young to remember that. Sorry, those, what's a but, catalog? Um, Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> we actually still send some out to some people. They prefer um, to receive their offers that way. Ooh, um, I like catalogs. Yeah. It's sort of like reading paperback book versus online Kindle. No, exactly. I like it. Yeah, purist. So um, I had I was familiar with the company, and I thought, well, this would be, you know, a really interesting story to, you know, kind of go and see what it's all about. And um, I expected to go into, you know, kind of a basement with a bunch of old men, and, and I went to um, the job interview, and it was one of the most professional places I've ever been in. Um, a lot of very well-educated um, professional people, a lot of women in management positions. Oh, that's good um, to hear. And yeah. And that was, you know, years ago. So 24 years later, um, were you, I'm still there. Were you someone who was like comfortable with sex and kind of sex positive before, or did that happen after you went for the interview? I always had, I was always curious. Um, I mean, it was very shocking for me coming from, you know, a small town in Tennessee and, um, you know, we always laughed that we were in the buckle of the Bible Belt there. And <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> so we it are. was very eye-opening. Yeah. What but, do you remember um, being? The, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I, I, I was just I, I um. It was very shocking, but I was very um. It was a very positive experience. What do you remember being shocked by the most? And at first, um. Well, the manager who interviewed me sent me home with a big box of toys and, <laughs> and VHS tapes at the time to write um, sample copy about. And so I rode home that day with, you know, like 15 dildos and vibrators and um, 
and VHS tapes. And my biggest fear was, oh my God, what if I get into a wreck? What if I die on the way home and they found, find my body? <laughs> find you with hundreds of dildos. Scattered around me. Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, I so, have a question um, if, about, yeah. about transporting dildos in <laughs> As North Carolina in the early 90s. Because uh, that really ties into obscenity law, right? And transporting mm-hmm. of obscene goods. So I'm actually curious because you're talking about transporting a big box of dildos in North Carolina in 1993. And in 2006, the um, there was a case that the jury found that a video store that sold pornographic material... Uh, as a matter of fact, it was called Gag Factor 18, was guilty of... <laughs> We've all seen that hit. ...was guilty of transportation of obscene matters for sale or distribution. So I'm wondering if you transporting those dildos in the back of your car... Are you trying to get her in trouble with the law? No, I'm just curious <laughs> if, that, if you felt like you were doing something criminal. I, I didn't. I didn't feel it was anything criminal. Um, I thought it was know, a little odd, a little, um, you know, risque. Um, but I did learn that everything that Adam and Eve sells um, has gone through a rigorous um, screening process, basically. So we make sure that everything that we sell um, that's explicit material um, represents a healthy image of sexuality. How, is, how do you define that? Well, we work with a number of sex therapists. Um, and we have a number of, of employees that are trained that review material. Um, so if anything raises a red flag for them or makes them uncomfortable, because, you know, we all, all have our little um, preconceptions or, or things that we like or don't like. Um, and so anything that raises a, a red flag, we do run it by therapists. And there are a number of things that we don't care yeah, and what, I mean, what do we see as maybe like red flags or what do they see as red flags? Because I feel like that can be so subjective. Like you said, if you're at the buckle of the Bible belt, someone might find any sex toy to be a red flag or, you know, offensive. So I wonder what, what they look at. That's, That's okay. Well, this is mostly explicit. This is mostly the DVDs or at the time, you know, uh-huh. we we did sell some books and some magazines. Toys are more, you know, there are some items that we won't sell if they are you know, too big or just like ridiculously big that we feel like like somebody could injure themselves. Like big black fists. How big is too big? (laughs) Well, again, I mean, (laughs) I'm just thinking. We we do have to draw a line somewhere. uh But like a baby can come out. So like how big is too big actually? I, I know. And I've had that same argument, but a baby doesn't normally come out in a pleasurable way. And that so, would be awesome if um, it did. Well, that's actually <laughs> that's actually biologically why it's been argued we have a G spot is to make birth more pleasurable. Really, mm-hmm. I have I have not heard much about that. But if you have given birth and any of it was pleasurable for you, please email us at scholars at gmail and let come. us know. Some women come while giving birth. Well, that's a total side topic. <laughs> Back to you, Katie. <laughs> so, what are the obscenity laws now? And I wonder why Adam and Eve hasn't moved. Um, well, I mean, I think everything is, is, you know, knock on wood, pretty good right now, but there are still some areas we choose not to ship to. Um, and that, that is just DVDs. We do ship toys everywhere. So your DVDs, but, do you um, produce the DVDs or these other, por- or like other production companies make, are you talking about like pornography or educational videos? Either, anything that's explicit. So we do sell a number of entertainment, you know, triple X DVDs. Um, it's a really small, um, you know, percentage of what we sell now. Um, it used to be much larger. 
Um, but we do uh, we do sell educational, um, couples oriented um, DVDs, and <clears throat> there are some places that you know we choose not to to ship to. Which are we get some very angry customers. Yeah, like where um, Alabama. <laughs> There are places in Alabama. Um, oh, so Utah, it's not even state specific. So are you, are you talking, this whole state or certain, certain zip places? codes? No, certain zip codes in those Whoa! in those states. So Alabama, Mississippi, Utah, Arkansas, um, Tennessee. Um, <gasps> wow. So yeah, to, Louisiana. Wow. And what's the reasoning behind that? Um, the political climate in those areas. Um, it's just very conservative. So we choose, you know, not to to wave our flag there and, and cause any uproar and we encourage people who get angry because they can't receive material and because to, they can't um, come yeah <laughs> to, to to vote um you know more liberally in the in the upcoming election that's interesting so do you ever reach out and say like i'm sorry we can't ship to that area but here's what you can do if you're angry about it we do uh-huh that's our response usually when oh, when like customers that. try to order yeah and has there has there ever been a situation while you've been there that was like particularly memorable about that? Um, well, <laughs> prior to my coming to work there, we had been raided, um, and um, uh, it, it had to do with the obscenity law. Oh my um, gosh! I'm wow. sorry. I'm just imagining a SWAT team descending on a dildo warehouse, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just that's so yeah. fucking laughable. It was 1986, and mm-hmm. um, basically a number of our employees were were held um, at the at the office. Um, their personal items and their desks and everything were gone through. What? And um, yeah. Um, and what were and they looking the, for? It went on for eight years. Basically, the the lawsuit went on for eight years. Eight years. Um, they were looking for any illegal items, anything that they deemed obscene, or um, any materials that had underage performers. Which you obviously didn't carry. Exactly. So they targeted you as a purveyor or distributor distributor of explicit materials or toys, saying, oh, because you have legal and quote-unquote acceptable things, you very likely have illegal things. So they had a warrant and were able to raid you? Yes. And so who, wow. was, who was the lawsuit brought <laughs> against? Um, it was brought against PHE. Um, which is the parent company of Adam and Eve? Oh, and so it they went on were for, suing you. This was not. This was not you suing them for like wrongful raid or whatever. Well, we did. We did after that. Um, we we fought back because um, we had been, you know, taken on in a whole lot of juris- jurisdictions. It wasn't just in North Carolina um, because of you know shipping to Utah and shipping to other places, and it went on for eight years. Um, we paid over three million dollars in wow. legal. Did you get reimbursed? Um, yeah. So it was PHE we, versus who? <laughs> um, the government. Federal? Uh, yeah, the federal government. This is so fucking disgusting. Has that changed how you feel about your job and just the importance of doing the work that you do since you've seen, you know, how how it can be? Well, when I started, we were just um, resolving all the lawsuits. So, um, you know, I, I kind of wish I had been there for the raid. That would have been... Yeah. <laughs> Great to go in my memoirs. But, um, yeah, I, I feel like it's sort of, you know, the Robin Hood um, aspect of what we do. You know, we're, we we felt very looked down upon, but we, we really believe we were provi- providing a service for people. I, I believe we still are. So in some of the areas that you operate now, how familiar are you with the obscenity laws? 
Um, I mean, we have legal counsel mm -hmm. um, that, you know, advises us. So I don't know the ins and outs of the zip codes that we choose not to right. ship to. But, you know, I mean, we, we work very closely with our lawyers to make sure we're not stepping on anybody's toes. So because what could happen? Like if you were to ship to one of those zip codes, they could bring another lawsuit against you for they, what? I mean, possibly, yeah. Possibly for, you know, obscenity. Wow. And so would and you so say that these are focused in like religious findings? Like why, what are the point I mean, of obscenity Bible laws? Bible Utah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, have you, have you spent any time in Tennessee or Kentucky or, you know, Alabama? Not long it's, enough it's to a, need vibrators shipped to me, but I like just for yeah, visiting. They, they probably need them worse than any. <laughs> they do. I really think that. I think there's probably a ton of sexual repression. I mean, you, it's illegal to buy a sex toy in Alabama, right? Um, I don't know if it's all of Alabama, but I know that that has been, yeah, that has been true in the past. It's in, it's Alabama, Mississippi, and one other state where, I don't know, it's just, it's just crazy. That's it, wild. One of the most interesting things that I learned is that, um, Alabama, Alabama's rules or Alabama's claim that it's, that why it's okay for them to make sex toys and other obscene things illegal is that, quote, there is no fundamental right to purchase a product to use in pursuit of having an orgasm. Like it's not protected in the Constitution that you can have an orgasm. Is that what that's saying? <laughs> life, life, liberty, and happiness. Life, liberty, yeah. and the pursuit I mean, of orgasm. I, yeah, I fully think that the pursuit of orgasm is completely linked to the pursuit of happiness, so I'm a little outraged. How is this, if you don't mind me asking, how has this affected your, your own personal life and intimacy and relationships? Um, in a very positive way. You mean working for Adam and Eve in general? Yeah. Yeah, in a very positive way. I mean, I was, um, you know, I was married probably, I think I was 25, 26 when I got married. And um, I, I don't think I really had a great, you know, sex life positive experience, knew what it was all about until I was in my 30s. Mm. And that's in part because of your work. I mean, if you have to write copy, you got to try the stuff out. Exactly. Well, <laughs> and, and for me, seeing, so that's quite people, seeing people, yeah, and, and seeing people actually, you know, enjoying their sexuality, where, you know, growing up and, and being somewhat naive, it was something that, you know, you, you never saw out in the open was something you were supposed to kind of figure out on your own. And I think for a lot of people, that's impossible. What are some of the top um, toys and things that you've seen that people are requesting now or like the things that often, I don't know, get sold out? Um, I don't know if you've heard of the womanizer or the yes, satisfier. Yes, we love yes. the womanizer. So Nicoletta had a womanizer and she was like, Simone, you have to try my womanizer. And I was like, okay, fine. So, so she I gave like washed it, it, she washed and it, disinfected it and gave it to me. And... We think something happened to it because I tried it and it wasn't really doing it. It was like a very like. It re like got really sad. And it was like really had a soft slow and death. sad. And I was so confused because she was like, this is the best thing I've ever put on my plate. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I can't wait to try. And then it was a very sad experience where I was worried that I was just doing it wrong. So for listeners out there, um, Katie, can you explain what the womanizer does? So the womanizer is kind of a different um animal um, when it comes to, <laughs> to vibrators, if you will. Um, you know, where, where most of them are, um, you know, for 
G-spot stimulation or clitoral stimulation, um, you know, with just a kind of vibrating back and forth um, mechanism. The womanizer and the satisfier both have, I say it's like a little vortex. Yeah, um, it like feels like it's like vibrating and suckling, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's a totally different, you know, mechanism and it, it um it creates like a little vortex that you use um over your clitoris. The clitoris oh vortex kind of mimics so cunnilingus. Dreamy. Yeah. Interesting. Well, if you're interested in trying one, dear listener, Katie has very generously offered a fifteen a fifty percent off discount at Adam and Eve if you use the discount code SAS, which is sluts and scholars, not Simone, awesome Simone. But you know. <laughs> so yeah. You, Thank you, so, Katie. Yeah, but so I want so the womanizer is a big seller. Why do you think that is like one of your biggest ones? I think it's because it's so different. You know, there have been fifty million different kinds of rabbits and variations of that and and, you know, there are bullets and there are, you know, the Hitachi type wands and things. But this is something totally new that's just come on the market. I and wonder I think how everybody's, they came up with that idea. Yeah. Do you know? I do not know. No. But I, I think we're going to be seeing a lot of knockoffs very Oh, I've soon, already seen so many knockoffs. <laughs> that's typically what happens when one thing becomes popular. Then, mm-hmm. the, you know. So the Womanizer, how long has the Womanizer been out? Just a couple years. Yeah, I remember I got, and there's some cool prints. It has, like, there's, like, cheetah print ones, and I don't know. They, they seem great. And the, the turn-on button is, like, a little gem. Is it still a gem? Mm-hmm. There's There are a couple different ones now. There's one that looks like a little penguin, I think, and there's— Ooh, penguin! It's a little clit penguin! <laughs> Who wouldn't want their clit to go into a penguin vortex? <laughs> I like that. And then there's also the Satisfier, which is one of our bestsellers, too, and it's the same type of thing, um, but it's it's— pretty um it's it's a little bit cheaper a little bit more affordable so for those of you who are thinking about vortex. trying it out yeah is it less intensive a vortex but still similar in its vortexness um i think you know it, it packs a punch it's just a little more affordable that doesn't sound good <laughs> maybe for maybe for some people some people might like it. <laughs> um, so how do you all compete with the other companies that are out there? Because I feel like there are so many sex toy companies mm-hmm. and different things. Like, how do you stay current? And you're just a distributor, not a producer, right? Well, we do have our own line of vibrators huh. and, and other oh, okay. toys that we carry. And they're made to our specifications. Um, so we don't have anything like that yet. But um, but we carry, um, you know, pretty much everybody else's. We carry Lilo. Um, we carry... Um, a number of different things. Oh my god! If you can get fifty percent um, off on Lilo, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's yeah, a lot of, against some of the Lilo items now. Are price prohibitive with the code, so they're on some of the higher end items. Got that it. code won't work. I take it back. But it should work for everything else. What were you have you about, have again? you got any pushback because of um, some of the political stuff around Lilo? Because their spokesperson was Charlie Sheen. I didn't know that. You know, we all kind of held our breath when we saw that. That kind of came and went pretty fast. Though, I didn't right? even hear about this, and I'm pretty sex plugged in. Yeah, he was their <laughs> one of their spokespeople, and I think it was more for a, like a HIV positive stance. Yeah. But you know, obviously, other things have come out against him, and we're out about him before, and so it was. I was interested to see how that was going to affect Lilo because they make such amazing, wonderful toys, but also it sounds like they weren't practicing what they preached in that area. Yeah, they got they got quite a bit of pushback on that. I can imagine as the director of public relations for Adam and Eve, you have to put out a lot of fires. Probably less than you think. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious about um, what kind of fires you've had to put out in your time there. 
Um, let's see. One of the the biggest ones or the first ones was about phthalates because so many oh, toys, yeah. you know, were made with the, the phthalates. Um, so for people out there and, who don't know what phthalates are, um, it, they it's a substance that was used to make a lot of more of the jelly-like um, sex toys. And what what can you say about phthalates, Katie, just in terms of safety? Um, well, phthalates have been banned in like children's toys and um, teething rings and things, anything that you're going to have in your body mm-hmm. for a long period of time or you know, ingesting um, because they're related um, to cancer producing compounds or, or there's, there's a fear about that. Um, the theory was that for toys, because so many people like the, the jelly type, you know, toys, um, that you're not going to have it in your body or on your body long enough for it to do any damage. However, <laughs> you know, we all need to err on the side of caution. Mm-hmm. And um, those have, have pretty much been phased out. Um, silicone toys are now, you know, really popular. And glass toys. We sell a, a lot of glass toys. So do you still sell, you don't sell anything with phthalates anymore or it's just sort of I don't declining? Believe so. I believe it's, it's, pretty been, it's pretty much been phased out. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about like, People using sex toys, obviously. Um, but I think before we even get to the kinds that you sell and that you use, a big thing that I think we've faced in our lives is um, especially heterosexual men um, getting worried about bringing sex toys into their relationships. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is this vibrator going to replace me? Um, is it like cheating if my partner's like wants to use a vibrator? Um, how have you dealt with some of that? And, and what can you say about that? Um, I encourage people to play with toys together. Um, I think, you know, if you're going to, I don't think men should be intimidated by a female using a toy. For so many women, you know, having an orgasm, even with intercourse, even with your partner doing everything they can do, it, it can be really challenging. Yeah, sometimes um, you need an extra hand. You also just like exactly. don't really orgasm from a penis. That's like not what penises really do. Other things do that. And like, that's okay. Exactly. So I encourage people to, you know, to bring toys in and if they're afraid that their partner is going to be intimidated or, um, you know, jealous or, or whatever, bring something small in like a, a bullet or, you know, um, a finger vibrator that you can use on him as well. Um, and then you can always work your way up. That's a, um, Nicolette and I both looked at each other and went, yeah, that's Yeah, a when good you idea. said use on him, we both nodded and we were like, yes. <laughs> Would you find that you have mostly... Um, I don't know, cis female consumers or like what products can we try to promote out there for men to use? Because men can use lots of sex toys too. Definitely. And we sell a number of of toys for men um, from, you know, masturbators to pumps to, um, you know, uh, cock rings that couples can use uh, alone or together. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And and we encourage that. I think, you know, people in relationships get kind of bogged down with the day-to-day stuff and, and sex becomes a chore just like everything else. And that's that's a shame. We're trying to alleviate that. Yeah, someone said to me one time um, to try to look at a sex toy as your best wing person or best wing man as opposed to a threat. I like that. Yeah. So what do you think it does for couples like to use it together? Like why would a couple want to use a toy together? Well, I think it can improve communication. I mean, there's nothing better than to see your lover experiencing pleasure. Mm -hmm. And if you can do that, you know, with a a toy, um, you know, it can save you hours of of lockjaw or... (laughs) (laughs) True. TMJ is real. Carpal tunnel. uh, (laughs) 
yeah, I, I just think it can be a fun and, and you know, um, easy way to, to add a little extra something. And so basically also the pressure se- off. sex toys are better. So especially if you have joint issues or other things to just protect yourself and your body from getting tired and having joint problems. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, so you talked in um, the email that you sent us. I was super interested to hear, and maybe not just for the company, but for you, um, how sex toys can help women take control of their sex life, which mm. I think kind of fits into how, you know, that it's okay for people to bring it into their relationship. Definitely. I think that it's very important for, for women to figure out, you know, what works for them. Uh, we sell thousands of different vibrators, um, all different types, and what works for you know you might not work for me. And so I think it's it's imperative that you learn what works for for your own body. Um, and I think the more you you know and you know how you respond to different touches and you know penetrations and 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 things, you can use that with your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, we get letters every month from women in their 30s, 40s, 50s who have never had an orgasm until they bought a toy. Wow. How does it feel getting those letters? Like, do you have, like, what do you remember any of them saying, not to out anyone who sent it to you? No, I mean, just pretty powerful stuff. It's amazing. And and that's another reason I feel like, you know, we're providing a service for these people. I think it's, it's so sad that, you know, women, these women have gone pretty much their whole adult lives, never knowing what it's about. Right. And once they do, they're sending us, you know, thank you cards. You know, what I, do you I, think? I feel like I was, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering what prompted them to get that initial toy. Like, why do you think they were like, now is the time? Now is the time. I think it's become much more acceptable, um, you know, over the past 10 years um, to talk about it with your friends, to, you know, we advertise on Comedy Central. We advertise on you know, mainstream TV after after a certain hour. But I, <laughs> the late night watchers. <laughs> and I think that, you know, um, shows like Sex in the City and, um, you know, uh, Frankie and Grace or Grace and Frankie, that, that show. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, I mean, they talk about it and laugh about it. And I think that people have opened up about it and, and admit that they, you know, partake. And it's taken the stigma away from it. Speaking of TV shows, Broad City has a sex toy line. Did you know that? Yeah. You sent that to me. Yeah. Oh, my God. I love that. I was like, fine. The only toy I remember watching in there was when they did the pegging episode, which mm-hmm. is um, where she, you know, put on a strap-on to have sex with the guy anally, but it was like a very old-school, like, wooden-looking one. Oh, I don't <laughs> Do you remember what I'm talking about? I don't think that's what's in the Broad City. <laughs> do, you, do you sell the Broad City line at Adam and Eve? We don't. Not how, yet. How do you I don't pick? know if we're going to. How do you pick what you um, sell, what you don't sell? Well, we work with a whole bunch of different, you know, um, companies. And so they'll send us prototypes or, or new items to try to get us to carry them. Um, and occasionally we'll have, you know, um, inventors or um, <laughs> engineers that approach us with some new ideas. So it just depends. I wonder how we can give, uh, whether if we have some listeners out there who are in the areas that there are these tough, like, ob- obscenity laws, how we can give them the resources to f- buy these toys and like find other ways to do it. Because like, we at Slots and Scholars think you do have a fundamental right to purchase a product for the pursuit of orgasm. <laughs> we do. <laughs> we should take it on. But obviously, like, I mean, people are sneaking it in. Like, how do they uphold these obscenity laws? You know, I don't know that a lot of them are, but they don't do raids in your home looking for vibrators. 
But, uh, you know, I think it's just one more way that people, you know, are kind of living in fear. Yeah. I, I mean, I hope that it doesn't come to that. I can't, because I feel like that, that doesn't seem far away from where we're at in our political climate right now that someone would come into your home yeah. and take away your oh, sex how, toys. That's horrible. That sounds like that sounds like straight out of Handmaid's Tale. What I think is so And burn them. Burn them in the town square. Burn them oh in the town. Oh my gosh. Well, it's so interesting that we're bringing up this like town square, this community determining what's obscene or not because that actually is what the definition of obscene is per the Supreme Court. What so does do it you say? know about the Miller test, Katie? Um, I don't have that in front of me, but I did have to do a paper on that um, a while back. Oh, I love it. <laughs> you already like blocked it out. <laughs> well, I too heard, am a I've scholar, and I do have it in front of me. And so basically, okay. the Supreme Court um, determined— I don't even know this. It's super interesting. I learned this because we were talking about obscenity laws. So, um, so what it is, it's a three-pronged obscenity test for how you determine whether speech or expression can be labeled obscene. And if it is obscene, it is not protected by the First Amendment of the Constitution, which I think is super interesting. Okay, so, so what are they? It has three parts. Part one is determining whether the average person applying contemporary community standards would find that the work taken as a whole appeals to the prurient interest. Now, what is purient interest? Like purient pure, interest. Pure mean, interest. Purient <laughs> means having or encouraging an excessive interest in sexual matters. So I would say, based on the first prong, sluts and scholars <laughs> is obscene. Okay, we are obscene. <laughs> okay, moving forward. That's per community standards. Two, whether the work depicts or describes in a patently offensive way sexual contact or excretory functions specifically defined by applicable state law. So that's, again, a state-to-state thing that determines if it's trying to be offensive by showing sex stuff or poop stuff. Right? (laughs) And then the third prong is whether the work taken as a whole lacks serious artistic, political, or scientific value. And it has to be all three of those But these are so subjective because what's okay in maybe our community here might not be okay in some of the small towns in Knoxville. Yeah, and that's actually one of the big problems with the Miller test is that it is so community-based. But it has to satisfy all three. It has to be obscene in all three of the prongs to be labeled obscene. So I, potentially, our podcast just fails the... uh, the third prong, I think we have serious political and scientific value here at Sluts and Scholars. <laughs> but isn't that interesting? <laughs> what do you think of that, Katie? Yeah, I mean, I, is your, I think is that your goes paper along trauma with the, coming I'll know back it when I see it? I'm sorry. I said, is your paper trauma coming back to you? <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's it's a very interesting take on it, but I think it goes back to um, wasn't uh, one of uh, the guy on the Supreme Court who said, "I know it when I see it." Right. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. Hmm. I wonder what we would have to see to be like that is obscene. <laughs> well, I think obscene just means like you think that it shouldn't. Yeah. What is it? What does obscenity mean to you, Katie? Um. I mean, I think it's something without any value or merit that you know. You don't want to see, and you don't want anybody else to see it. But mm-hmm. I, I, I don't think that's, you know, very ethical. Because I guess when I hear obscene, I'm like, I want to see it. <laughs> Whereas yeah. when most people hear obscene, they're like, oh, that is obscene. Like, no. Yeah, yeah, I do wonder about that. Because I can't think of anything that I personally would feel comfortable summarily dismissing as lacking 
value. Because I'm assuming if somebody went to the lengths of creating it, then it serves some purpose. But I think it gets dicey when we're stepping out of the sexual realm into the more political realm. Probably. Well, what about, what about revenge porn? No, wrong, <laughs> obscene. But I don't, not that it's obscene. What? I think it's unethical because I think I think all sexual things have to be consensual. What do you? What made you bring up revenge porn? Well, I was just thinking about you know what I think is unacceptable. Maybe legally, yeah. So like the porn itself is legal, but the way it was obtained is illegal right. and unethical. I don't think revenge right. porn is legal. Well, but not often no, people but- will say that it's revenge porn. Like, it's someone releasing something against your will. Mm-hmm. So they're not saying, oh, check out this revenge porn. This is like, oh, we, I made a sex tape with my partner and I wasn't supposed to release it and now we broke up and here it is. That's so fucked up. Yeah. I think it's pretty incredible, honestly, that Kim Kardashian turned revenge porn into a multi-million dollar business. Oh, well, most, I don't know what you know about this, Katie, but most, we've talked to a lot of people about this and I've talked to a lot of people about this, but most of the times when we're talking celebrity sex tapes, there are months of planning going into like, who's going to release it? When's it going to be released? How's it going to be released? So they're like, oh no, my sex tape leaked. But it's like really our agent released it because we talked about it with them and decided how we were going (laughs) to release it. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit of a, um, a secret in the industry that, yeah. I mean, we can't sell anything out there that we don't have releases signed. And, you know, um, so Paris Hilton still says that she hasn't gotten a penny from her tape. And, mm, you know. It's just not possible. Interesting. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> what is Adam and Eve up to now? Is there anything we should be on the lookout for, for new things coming out and or outreaches and things that you do that we might not know about? Um, well, we are gearing up for the biggest season of the year for us. Um, our our busy season is actually from Halloween to Valentine's. Yeah, so that makes we'll be sense. having a lot of sales and a lot of new toys out. And anything we're very we should be looking for, that. especially like what's one of the new toys that you're especially excited about? Um, you know, there's some interesting things coming out. There are warming toys, toys that heat up. Um, that we've makes got some me toys nervous. that glow well, in the dark. Fun fact for listeners: if you don't want to purchase a warming toy, you can warm glass um, or other things yeah. like that to do sensation play. But also so you're saying you're saying the toy itself warms? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It's a toy that um, you plug in or it, you can put it in your USB and um, it, it <laughs> heats up. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> that is actually pretty cool. So warming toys you think are the new sex toy trend of winter 2017-18? Yeah. Cuddle up with your warming toy. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I so want to get that instead of like whatever those like things are for your back or your stomach. I want like a warming cuddle dildo. <laughs> so being obviously you came from a more what we would call vanilla job at Maytag. And um, here at Sluts and Scholars, we talk a lot about how people are judged for their, you know, their job and in, in a sexual profession. And or- also not only a vanilla job, but I, I mean, maybe I'm being a presumptive, but um, in a conservative, a conservative background too. Yeah. Coming from Tennessee. Yeah, very much. How have you been judged for your career or maybe your own sexuality? Um, you know, it hasn't been as, as negative as some people might think. There have been a few instances, um, where people have, uh, I had a doctor once, um, just a general practitioner. I went to get a, a checkup and, um, she asked me what I did and I told her and, and she walked out of the room. What? So, <laughs> really? Like, wouldn't yeah, treat you? So, 
Yeah. Because you're a She wrote me a prescription for... A prescription for what? Yeah, she was offended by by what I did. Whoa. That you were a (laughs) purveyor of orgasm enablers? Yeah, I guess. And, you know, but I put that on her. That's her her issue, not mine. Yeah. Um, so by and large, it's been, it's been a really positive experience. It is funny that, you know, if I'm in a situation where I meet new people and I kind of tell them what I do and sometimes I get the stink eye a little bit, but by the end of the night, those people are the ones that kind of corner me and ask them if I can get them a, a vibrator or a toy. I love it. So. Of course. I'm really curious. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking a lot about this lawsuit that went on for nine years that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Or eight years. And I'm curious if you think that Adam and Eve's commitment to facing the lawsuit and not shutting down is more related to capitalistic success and business venture or firm belief in life, liberty, and the pursuit of orgasms. I, I definitely think it's a firm belief in life, liberty, and the pursuit of orgasms. The The founder of the company, Phil Harvey, um, I, he is a huge proponent of free speech and um, he, you know, he was aghast that the government was going to try to do this. He felt like it was um, to destroy us. And um, a couple of other companies who had similar things happen to them were, um, they closed down. They couldn't, you know, fight for eight years like we could. Wow. Um, Yeah. So I I think he looked at it, you know, as kind of sticking, sticking it to the government a little bit. And he wrote a book about it. Um, really? About, what, do you know what it's you know, called? Uh-huh. Uh, the government versus erotica. We. Yeah, I'll send you guys a copy. Oh, I would please, love that. please do. Yeah, I would love it's very that. interesting. My thoughts about that too, though, Simone. Just as a as an aside, I feel like obviously I do this because I want to do this, and I work in in as in the field of sexology. You know, as sex therapist because I am passionate about it, and at the same time acknowledging that it's okay to get paid for things you are passionate about. Mm. So you were talking about the consumer whatever, but I think it's okay to have both for people out there who are passionate about it, but also, you know, need to pay their bills. Definitely, yes. Yeah, and we we have about 300 employees. Um, You know, we we got business of the year from the Chamber of Commerce a few years ago. That's a big deal. (laughs) We're we're a good neighbor in, in North Carolina. That's awesome. Well, Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Again, if you missed it earlier, um, Katie has so um, generously offered for our listeners to get a discount on certain Adam and Eve products. A 50% discount. So if you you use discount. Plus free shipping. Oh, plus free shipping. Except if you live in the zip codes where we're not allowed to (laughs) ship to. Um, (laughs) And if you do, let us know and maybe we can, maybe we on the podcast can figure out like a a safe meeting location to (laughs) illegally give you some toys. We will be your sex toy mules. Yeah, pretty much. Um, And so the code for that is SAS for Sluts and Scholars or um, Simone Awesome Simone. Um, Um, but Katie, thank you so much for joining us. And if people want to, um, you know, have you on or follow you or access Adam and Eve, uh, what's the best way to do that? Um, just visit adamandeve.com um, and adamandeve.com on Twitter or Facebook. Amazing. You're so amazing. Yeah. Um, is there anything thank else? You. You- thank you for all you do. Oh, of course. Well, we love doing it. We like talking about the fucking. <laughs> Um, is there anything else that you want to make sure people know before we sign off? 
Um, I think I think that's it. I don't. I can't think of anything oh. else. Well, Katie, we're so grateful for have, you having taken the time to speak with us, and we're so grateful to you, our listeners, for taking the time to listen to us. We love you. We love your emails. Y'all have been so good about emailing us and twittering us and Instagramming us recently. We're we have said y'all a lot more because Katie's on this podcast. <laughs> I was talking like this for the whole time. I really wanted to, but I didn't know if Katie would take offense to it, so I didn't. But I you, haven't said y'all once. I, I know, said, and we're saying it. We're saying y'all. I mean, I love y'all because it's non-gendered. Agreed. That's why I say y'all a lot. But anyway, if we love you, and if you love us, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Slut Scholars. Please email us. Anything you want to say, it's letsandscholarsandgmail.com. And we are actually doing a Q&A episode to celebrate the holidays. So if you have any questions, burning questions for either Nicoletta or for me, go ahead, send them our way. We'll do our best to get to them all. And I think that's all that we're doing this week. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.